This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after Arsenal's 4-0 win away at Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. A massive result, a much needed result and one that in which I think should bring an element of calm and kind of response and makes our goal difference look a hell of a lot better uh, as well, which is absolutely obviously fantastic to see. We've needed a bit of kind of, I think, you know, a bit of a boost to the goal difference and yesterday certainly did that. Uh, but welcome, good morning. I hope you had a fantastic Saturday. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves and that you've had a really good week so far as well. Um, but uh, drop a like, subscribe, all that beautiful, lovely stuff that you always do and kindly support the channel in which uh, you've done so fantastic and well doing so far. And uh, yeah, it'd be really appreciated. But uh, we're going to talk about the game today. We're going to talk about uh, my thoughts on it. And then we're going to jump into the chat box in part two and get a lot of your thoughts, questions, comments and and thoughts as well, which is uh, going to be fantastic. So let's do that. Um, first of all, good morning to those joining us in the chat. Hope you've had a fantastic start to your week and weekend as well. Um, <laughs> King Cobra Kai says Tom's going to sing for us. I should scroll back, I think, on YouTube because I reckon there were people in here first. Indeed, A One. Good morning to you, to Matt G, Blackshine, Sabre, uh, Arasilki, uh, Amira. We've got Martin, Barry, Odorile, Morgi, uh, Carl, Paul, uh, Premier League chat, Olu, Jose, and uh, Granddaddy Guna, Paul, Stevie, uh, Mike, Maximus, Damien. So many more of you guys as well. But thank you, everyone that's joined us in the chat. It is very much appreciated. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Morning, everybody. I can see you all jumping into the chat box now. Indeed, John. I do have a, <laughs> a big smile on my face. It was a great day yesterday long drive long day left home about oh, it must have been about quarter to 10 got to the vitality about one did a pre-match video uh, watched the game spoke to one of the players after the game which we'll be able to read the interview of a little bit later on today midday that'll be coming uh no a little bit later on tonight sorry uh late tonight 10 30 p.m tonight you'll be able to get that um and then uh a little bit after that we drove home it was kind of a a chill one. I had the football on in the background and five live with Liverpool Spurs. And then they tried to ruin it. But I turned the radio off because I was like, I'm not going to let this result that we will talk about in a bit ruin what has been a good day. 
Uh, and there are even kind of positive things to take from that as well, which we can talk about in a bit. But let's crack on with today's story, Sari. Um Arsenal 4, Bournemouth 0. The type of win that we have all been waiting for. Um, absolutely it was. And we've needed Arsenal to score big, win big, win comfortably, turn that domination into some big chances. And to be honest, it could have been a lot more. We could have scored more. We could have won by more. And uh, we definitely deserved it because in a game in which we are in a position to try and score as many goals when you dominate a game as much as we did, you want to get... You want to get that many goals. That's really, really key. Um, and we managed to do that. But it was all kicked off by Bakaya Saka and Martin Odegaard, of course. Saka, first of all, scoring what is one of the most unorthodox assists, I think, that you'll ever see from Gabriel Jesus. A headed cross off the crossbar and then onto Bakaya Saka's head, who finished very, very well indeed. And I think it was obviously a big boost to the fans, to the teams, everybody online to see Bakaya Saka in the lineup, along with the likes of Declan Rice and William Saliba. Vieira, of course, on the bench with Trossard, who didn't come on, but Vieira did a little bit later on. Um, but it was fantastic to get that boost of, of those players back fit. But I do have some criticisms that I'll be talking about a little bit about how we manage those players, but we'll come on to that shortly. But great to see Saka score. It was dangerous for the first portion of the game and I think then trailed off a little bit towards the second half. But uh, getting his goal was was big and will be important to, to keep that momentum flowing. Odegaard, meanwhile, my goodness me. Um, what a performance from Martin Odegaard. Wins a penalty, scores a penalty, gets an assist. And one man of the match for me uh, was unbelievably good. This is why I say that Odegaard is world class. It's performances like this, what you see time and time and time again. We constantly, constantly see this performance from Odegaard over and over, be it against Bournemouth, be it against, you know, bigger sides. He's been, they've been critical of kind of his, these performances against the bigger teams, but he does turn up in big games for us. But yesterday's performance was unreal. So good. Um, but the big star, I suppose, of the day was, of course, uh, Kai Havertz, who has now got, oh, it's up there with the best songs, isn't it? Um, last season, last year, when we played Bournemouth at the beginning of the season, we won 3-0. It was William Saliba's song that was born. And uh, it was fantastic to see that this time around, we've got another song given birth to with the wacker wacker of Kai Havertz, AA. <laughs> and uh, he scores, I say again, but it's more at last, I think, that is, is the right terminology this time because we've needed him to get a goal. People will suggest, I know rivals will turn around and say it was a bit of a pity penalty and things like this, but just ignore him. Don't take any notice of him. Don't take any notice of the people saying it was a pity penalty because what it was was a really good team spirit moment a really key moment in his time as an Arsenal player. And you had to congratulate. You had to give him the opportunity. He's still got to score it, by the way. You know, if he'd have missed that penalty, can you imagine? So the, the, the it takes it takes some confidence. It takes some bravery and some courage to step up after you've been playing, you know, in a way in which it hasn't grabbed the plaudits, hasn't grabbed the praise. It takes something to go and grab the ball. And, you know, even when you're given it, to take the penalty and take it so well. It wasn't like he, you know, it was like a nervous penalty. Great stutter, great finish and completely wrong-footed Neto again. And it was a great finish in the bottom left-hand corner. And overall, I thought his performance was good. Um, I thought he made some great interceptions and tackles. And again, that's been part of his game. He's had to do that. In the second half in particular, I thought he was fantastic. Um, 
You think about a player like Enzo Fernandez, I think, as I see Deo in the chat, missing his penalty when it really mattered. Havertz steps up when it mattered for him individually, maybe less so for the team, but certainly individually, he stepped up and scored. And that's important. And Kian, you can still see he's not yet kind of, after he scored, got the confidence to go out and really celebrate in front of the fans. And I hope that the way he was treated by the fans will give him that assurance that he needs to ignore the idiots online, the idiots online that have abused him and that have asked him to be sold already. And, you know, he should be ignoring these people because, you know, they're barely fans for me at the end of the day. If you're not backing that player. Now, I don't mind people who want to label criticisms. That's fine. Level your criticisms at the guy. Level your criticisms at the signing, at the risk, at the performance. But if we're starting to abuse the guy and saying he should be sold after a few games, that's not supporting him. That's not what a fan does. You know, and I think that he needs to ignore that noise, ignore that falsehood and focus on the support that's truly there and the love and the kindness that the fans that really are there to back the team, you know, and that are online as well and have been sitting at home in countries around the world and supporting him as well, that they are there to genuinely support him. So uh, that was absolutely fantastic to see. Now, we didn't get a Ben White screamer, but we got a good Ben White goal. So uh, for those thinking that this qualifies as a Ben White screamer, I'm here to disappoint you. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't count as a Ben White screamer, but it's as close to it as you're going to get, I feel. You know, a great, fantastic Ben White goal. Great header from a brilliant, brilliant ball from Martin Odegaard. Um, but a fantastic header. And yes, even though I was in the stadium and doing the live blog, my Discord server lit up uh, and my social media lit up when people tweeting me, Ben White scored, Benjamin White's got his goal. And yeah, it was fantastic to see that. Um, and uh, he's he's such an interesting character, uh, is Ben White. And I still haven't had yet the chance to to speak with him in a mix zone because he's not the type to stop in a mix zone and, and speak. Um but certainly I hope to, uh, because I think there is something that we need to see some warmness. Warmness at the right, you know, you know what I mean. You need to see some more warm feeling around Ben White. And maybe if he's a little bit more chatty and does some more things, we might get some more warmness towards him. But fantastic, had a great goal, a much better performance than we got on Wednesday night. I was critical of his performance against Brentford, but fantastic display, really good combinations with Saka. Um, and and the rest of the team as well. Really enjoyed his display. Very good indeed, and great to see him get a goal as well. But beyond Odegaard, my um, warmth. Yeah, why did I struggle with the word warmth? Warmness. <laughs> Thank you, chat box. Warmness. What is wrong with me today? Warmth, yes. Uh, goodness, my brain cells are going faster than anything. Um, that, but beyond... Um, Martin Odegaard's performance. Um, Declan Rice was unreal. So good. Like, and this is what I'm saying about the Spurs game is that I felt as though when we lost um, Rice in the second half against Spurs, it's like the belief went in some ways from the team. And because of that, I think that was a big contribution to why Arsenal didn't win the North London derby. Rice coming back into this team the movement. There was this one time where he got the ball in the middle of the park. I think it was from Gabriel or Zinchenko. He drove towards the touchline. He turned the Bournemouth player. He drove through and then stabbed the ball to, uh, to Gabby Jesus on the left-hand side. And eventually it led to a chance that I don't think we took. Um, but those driving runs, the way in which he progressed the ball forwards, I kept turning to people around me and saying, all he does is is play forwards. All he does is is 
is is push the ball into these dangerous positions forwards. And it's really a really it's a testament to his style. It's a testament to the club for getting the deal done. We needed a player that is always thinking forwards. It was ironic, you know, when we won that FA Cup in 2020, uh, that the motto of the team at that point that they'd coined was always forwards. And I felt as though even though that was our motto at the time, we continuously never managed to kind of get that that motto to kind of embed into every single player in the team. But always forwards is certainly the way in which Declan Rice plays. And, and we've needed somebody to give us that and to be someone that's going to continue to push the ball into those attacking areas, which he does. And he defends very, very well as well. Uh, it's like having more than one player on the pitch is what it is. And that is, is exactly what you get from Declan Rice. It is like having more than one player on the field at the same time. Brilliant stuff. I was also really pleased with Smith Rowe's cameo in the game. Yes, he had two good chances that were sadly saved by Neto. The second chance where he absolutely cannons the ball was, was a great opportunity. And I think it was a really good uh, moment for a player who lacks confidence to see him strike the ball with such vigour and and confidence. You know, um, First chance, he's in behind. I'd hope he'd score. I kind of want him to go near post with that effort, but... He tries the the attempt around Neto and Neto pushes it away well. But I was really happy with Smith Rowe's performance when he came off the bench. And again, showing what he's capable of. He's not had a substitute appearance in the Premier League, I don't think, until this point. Um, oh, sorry. He did come on at the end uh, against Spurs. But this was kind of like the first 15 to 20 minutes that he's got in the Premier League this season. And it was great to see him get that. Um, so, yeah, very, very happy indeed um, with the performance of Smith Rowe and glad that he managed to get... Uh, some really, really good opportunities to try and score. And he had one, of course, in the week against Brentford. He's getting into these really good positions and creating some really good scoring opportunities for himself. Now, I'll tell you, I think the the, the, the lineup received a lot of uh, criticism with Nketiah again starting at centre-forward, but in the end, Nketiah, of course, won the penalty that led to us getting that first goal. Like, he won the penalty against Palace, really important contribution, but I was a bit disappointed overall that Eddie couldn't get his goal. He had a couple of opportunities that maybe he could have done a bit better with. Um, but what what frustrates me, and I don't like talking about too many criticisms after a big win, but I do think it's important to discuss this point because it is the thing that with Arteta I am the most critical of. I, I love him as a coach. I love his principles. I love his philosophy. I love his style of play. I love everything about the way in which he's kind of grown and developed this team into becoming a better version of itself time and time again as he progresses us from a place where he picked us up in 11th in the league and then has taken us to a title race. And I always feel like I have to caveat any criticism with kind of a, a lauding of the guy beforehand before you get any toxic posit positivity around the coach coming for you. But the criticism I have um, is, is on the timing of the substitutions and the unnecessary risk I feel that we took with some of our players. And to flesh that out a little bit more, I wrote about this in my winners and losers piece from yesterday. Saka limped off late on in the game. Um, he was substituted in the 76th minute of the match. Our first subs took place in the 50, uh, in the 53rd, sorry, uh, in the 69th way, uh, minute of the game where Eddie Nketiah and Zinchenko, two players that weren't doubts, it's worth pointing out before the game. Nketiah and Zinchenko were not doubts for this game, but Saliba, Rice and Saka all were. And Nketiah and Zinchenko came off. I would have taken Saka off before Nketiah and moved Nketiah into a wider eye if you wanted to, to bring Nelson on. I'd just bring Nelson on for Saka. Um, but we scored that third goal in the 53rd minute. 
And it wasn't until 16 minutes after we scored that third goal um, that we made our first sub. And then it wasn't until the 81st minute until we brought off Declan Rice. And it just felt to me that this was unnecessary. It, we didn't need to leave players on as long as we did. And I felt as though Saka was put into a category of risk that he didn't need to be put into. Um, and Saka limped off because of a coming together um, with a player. I can't remember who it was. Uh, someone took a shot on the left-hand side. Saka goes over to close it down and the coming together affected Saka and he was limping and he was struggling to even move around the pitch at one point. Um, you could see him kind of hobbling around and trying to, you know, move. Um, but he could have been off in the 60th minute. Like He could have been off in the 60th minute good sacker um and and he wasn't and i think we just took an unnecessary risk and so i would point the finger at arteta and say why not make the substitution sooner because i felt as though we could have done um and i'd be asking the question why the, the players that were doubts out of this game were left on so long that led to saka receiving another injury so yeah um that's that's the question i had but anyway moving forwards uh the rest of yesterday's premier league results um aston villa beat brighton 6-1 in quite an incredible game um that saw ollie watkins bag lots of goals and people get lots of fantasy points that i didn't um we of course beat bournemouth luton with a huge win at everton everton have really turned things around lately and then really got into some good form then luton come along get a huge win lift themselves out of the relegation zone until, at least until Burnley next play. They've got a game in hand, of course. Um, but Luton with a huge, huge victory there and Bournemouth will not be pleased with that result, I suppose, at all. Um, massive result in the end. But maybe they will be. I suppose Everton dropping points is more likely to see them go down than, than Luton who are almost destined to, to fall at some stage. Uh, oh, we will get on to that. Manchester United. <laughs> uh, losing again. Again, I point the finger at those that desperately were crying out for Eric Ten Hag. No, Eric Ten Hag, I cannot wait for him to get a new contract. Cannot wait for Eric Ten Hag to get a new Manchester United contract. Bring it on. Sign the ting, please, Eric Ten Hag. Take that club down. Take it down as far down the table as you can. Newcastle, very routine victory for them against Burnley. West Ham United's really picking up some form. Our West Ham, uh, 2-0 win over Sheffield United. Um, and Burn uh, and sorry, uh, Wolves pulling off the result of the day with a two-one win over Manchester City. Absolutely fantastic stuff. That was, I tell you what, I was watching the uh, the scores during the game more than the game by the end of the game. Um, I was watching kind of what was going on elsewhere because I was just desperately thinking, just come on, full time, full time, full whistle, please bring that full whistle now. We just end the game because I've watched now about the highlights and Wolves. You know they're. Good for their their point. I know that City dominated in terms of chances and things like that. But Wolves played really well. The goals, you know, I mean, Neto forcing the first one from Diaz and then Huang scoring the second. Brilliant touch, by the way. From, I think it was Mateus Cunha to lay it off to Huang. Uh, brilliant quick quickness of thought to lead to that goal. Amazing stuff. And brilliant, brilliant result for Arsenal. What wasn't so brilliant is Spurs winning another game really, really late on. But the game should never have gone the way that it went. Should never, ever in a million years have played out the way that it did. Because VAR has had another absolute catastrophic howler. An absolute howler. 
Um, I'll read you the statement for the PGMOR for those that haven't yet read it. But this pertains to Luis Diaz's goal, where after an offside flag went up, VAR recognised that it wasn't, in fact, offside and the goal should have stood. But the free kick was allowed to be taken and then cannot be rolled back. So the VAR drew the lines. The VAR knew it was offside. But for some reason, despite VAR actually getting it right, they still managed to get it wrong because the game was allowed to play, the free kick was allowed to be taken, and the off and, and the goal that should have counted for Liverpool wasn't. And then soon after, Spurs score. Not only that, but the red card for Curtis Jones, there is a really strong argument that the the images that were shown to, I think it was Simon Hooper, who, by the way, every time he's managed, uh, he's refereed a game of Arsenal, Hooper has been horrifically bad as an official. And I thought yesterday's official, I think it was Michael Salisbury for in the Arsenal game, I thought he was horrific as well. There was a challenge that Kai Havertz made that he got a yellow for. And there was a challenge on Jesus. I think, I can't remember who it was that made the challenge, but it was another challenge on Jesus that was exactly the same as the one that was on Havertz or the one that Havertz did, no card. And also, Billing did a revenge tackle on Havertz, no card. The inconsistencies in the refereeing yesterday in the arsenal Bournemouth game was a joke. Yes, he gave us two penalties, but he had no choice other than to give us no penalties because they were two of the silliest challenges I've ever seen on a player in the box, Marins and Christie. Um, but the red card, Curtis Jones, the, the, for me, I agree with the, the argument that he goes on the ball and then because he goes over the ball onto the player's leg. It looks so much worse for me than it is. And it's it's completely accidental. And it's just a, a um it's a reaction from the way in which the ball the ball uh, the foot goes round the ball. He's not tried to injure the player. He's not out of control. Because of his foot landing on the ball, the ball has directed his foot into the leg. And because the ball has directed his foot round and into the player's leg, it looks horrific in slow motion and on a still image. So for me it's not a red card. I absolutely understand why people think it's a red card. You see that um, you see that still image, you see that picture, and it looks really bad. But for me, you've got to look at the thing in, in, in full time. You've got to allow the images to play through in, in real time. Because for me, I think that it's really unlucky to get sent off in that moment. And that's why I think you need to have greater understanding of the, the tackles and why uh, a player, if, if it's serious foul play, if the player's out of control, if he's gone like Eddie Nketiah, right, against Vicario against Spurs, if Eddie Nketiah makes contact with his studs, sliding in on Vicario, red card all day long. You know, he was arguably lucky not to get a red card anyway because of the intent. But Curtis Jones has no intent to injure the player. He has no intent of being out of control. He's coming, he's making contact with the ball. And just because the way in which his foot has rolled around the ball and then into the player's leg, it looks really bad. For me, it's not a red card. It's a yellow card, if anything. Um, and the 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 assessment of the images make it not uh, make it look way worse than it is, and affected the way in which the referee interpreted the challenge. I think he's really unlucky, but mo- worse than that, obviously, is the is the uh, the PGML statement in following what is yet another horrific VAR howler and just mockery of the game at this point. I, I may be out of the loop, but I don't see or hear of other leagues. Uh, VARs having to apologise and admit for making as many mistakes 
um, as, as what happens in the Premier League. The officiating quality in the Premier League is not good enough. It needs to continually, as I say, bring in um, third parties, I think, to do the VAR. For the, it shouldn't be the people that are referees doing the VAR. It should be a third party. It should be people with absolutely zero connection to those that are um, in the refereeing circle because we can't have situations like Mike Dean says where he feels for his mate and so he didn't get him to go to the monitor. Like, are we having a laugh? This is a joke at this stage. It's an absolute joke and disgrace to the Premier League and to the game and they are bringing it into disrepute. Spurs didn't deserve to win that game and Spurs are getting so many plaudits for what they did and being lifted up as this kind of bastion of brilliance as a club. At their worst, at Arsenal's worst and at Spurs' best, they couldn't get a win from the Emirates. They will not get a better chance to get a win at the Emirates than they got last week and yet they are being lifted up and lauded for somehow getting a point against a side that was bereft of key players, that lost key players during the game and that was an architect of their own downfall. Spurs should have beaten us on that day because we played horrifically. We didn't have key players. We made big mistakes and they played to their maximum and they couldn't get a win. And yet they're being lauded for that result. They go and play against Liverpool, get a ridiculously favourable decision that was bordering on a calamitous argument of big C words, you know, um, and not the one that you think I'm thinking of. Uh, they get uh they get these red card decision that that for me is is it's not enough to overturn it and get so lucky at the end with an own goal from Matip. So incredibly lucky. Um I if I was Jurgen Klopp, I would have lost my head after the game. Like I'm losing it now. But Spurs are a anomaly. Spurs are an outlier, they are overperforming. And the points are overperforming what they are expected to be. And I'm sorry, but they are not as good as people what's that, People say they are. And yes, I sound like a biased, salty Arsenal fan. I get that. But they are not as good as what people think they are. And they are getting so fortuitous. They struggled against Sheffield United and had to win with two late goals against them. You know, the only game in which a team have really given them a good going, other than us in the first 30 minutes when we took the lead, was Brentford. And they didn't win that game at Brentford. They drew it 2-2 up against a poor um, Man United team who should have won as well and were unlucky not to get a penalty themselves in that game. They come up against a poor Burnley side um, and they played someone else who I, I can't remember, but I think, was it Bournemouth? I think it was Bournemouth they beat as well, who we know are very poor. They're not good. They're not as good as people think they are. Um, their manager is likeable, sure, but they're not as good as what people think they are and they're getting very, very lucky indeed. And I need someone to put them in our place because sadly we couldn't do it. And that just pained me. Anyway, we'll end this first long, very long first section um, with the table, which looks something like this. Manchester City now on 18 points. Arsenal one point behind them. How things change, eh? A week ago, we were saying the title race is done. A week ago, we were saying that Arsenal weren't in the title race and we need to start thinking about other things. A week later, City have lost. We've won. We're one point behind them. Three goals behind them in goal difference, of which we have the second, sorry, third highest goal difference in the league behind Newcastle and Man City. And the only reason that Newcastle have the second highest goal difference is because of their ridiculous win uh, over Sheffield United. Otherwise, Arsenal would have the second best goal difference in the league, along with Spurs uh, and Liverpool. It's, um, for me... That win against Bournemouth and the goals we scored was so good. If we'd have got five, it would have been great. 
and I think would have really helped us. Goal difference is going to matter this season, I'll tell you. Goal difference is going to matter this season. So we need to start um, scoring more goals in more games and keeping clean sheets at home. That's the big question. We did another clean sheet away from home. Brilliant, brilliant record we've got away from home with those clean sheets. We need to make sure that we keep that up. So we're joint on 17 points with Spurs. Liverpool now behind us on 16, having played the same amount of games. Aston Villa, two points behind us, as are Brighton on 15 points. West Ham in seventh on 13 points, having a very good season. Newcastle on 12 points. They've lifted themselves up through the league. Crystal Palace's win over Manchester United takes them above them. Man United now are quite an incredible eight points behind Arsenal. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just great, isn't it? It's fantastic. Uh, Chelsea, of course, they still have to play. They've got to play against Fulham today, but they're still down in 15th on five points. Wolves is whenever Man City takes them up to seven points and rise above uh, both uh, Brentford and Chelsea. So that's certainly one to keep watching. But yeah, uh, likes of Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United, all very much in trouble. Everton pulling themselves to the relegation battle again after a bright turnaround in recent weeks. Um, Ryan in the chat box, our resident Liverpool fan, says, obviously I'm biased, but that was probably the worst refereed game I've watched in my life. And Ryan, I don't think I can disagree with you too much, to be honest. I've watched a fair few poorly refereed Arsenal games in my time. But yes, uh, a blatant onside goal being not given is something us Arsenal fans can uh, empathise with for completely the opposite reasons. Because, of course, Brentford's offside goal was given despite being offside last season. What is also interesting is this kind of mirrors last season. There's an offside goal being given, whereas last season... Uh, sorry, an offside, an onside goal being given for offside this season, whereas last season an offside goal was given for Brentford. And that was the game before Arsenal played City at home. Now, City went into that game with momentum. Arsenal are the team going into the game against City with momentum, depending, of course, on that game against Lons on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. And it puts a lot of real interesting emphasis on that game against City at the weekend. First, we've got a trip to Lons. I'll be going to France on Tuesday to watch that game and cover that game. Very much excited for it. Um, but uh, without further ado, that brings us to the end of part one. A very long part one, but certainly a good one. Uh, drop a like, subscribe, and we'll join you back again in part two. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lovely stuff. Uh, let's go into the chat box. Jonah says, has Raya overtaken Ramsdale? Certainly in the mind of Mikel Arteta, he has. Raya coming back into the uh, the game today, uh, yesterday, sorry. I said on the preview with Mike uh, on Saturday morning that I would have started Ramsdale. I stand by that. 
Um, for me, of the two goalkeepers, who was in the most form? Ramsdale going into that game. Raya, however, had a very good game on Saturday. Commanded his box very, very well. His distribution was really, really good. Excellent game from David Raya. Um, and I imagine that Ramsdale will come in, hopefully. I, I, I think that Ramsdale should play the cup games and the Champions League games at least. So I'd say Ramsdale coming in for the game against Lawns on Tuesday. Um, but I thought Raya was was very good uh, indeed against Bournemouth. So uh, yes, Ramsdale to start on Tuesday for me. But uh, certainly Raya had an excellent game uh, against Bournemouth. Uh, Pika Who says it was quite emotional seeing Havertz score. It was, yeah. It was great. I loved the camaraderie of the fans. I loved the chant. I think it's great. The imagination of these guys is uh, amazing. Amazing stuff. Um, Mo Gazad says, we shouldn't really have any draws. One point shared with Fulham and another is Spurs. A very overrated team. Yeah, we shouldn't. You're right. We should probably be top of the league, to be honest. But uh, it's football. It's the way that it goes. Uh, Man City fans will say that they should have beaten Wolves yesterday because it's they should have done. So uh, it's the way that football goes sometimes. That's why we love the sport. Uh, Lewis says, Tom, the reason the call was wrong was because the VAR thought the goal was given. And that's why they said check complete. Ah, so it was a big error on that part. They thought that the goal had been given. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, better communication is all that's needed. Arsenal Adventure says, Tom, this season I have noticed that we have many games where we say we should have four to five goals up, etc., but we end up scoring two or three less. Why is that? Are we lacking killer instincts? No, for me, we're lacking big chances being created at a frequency that they would then lead to a higher number of goals. You could argue that finishing is, is certainly part of it, and it is because our finishing is, has not been the best this season, but before this game, we were 12th in the league for big chances created. I've talked about a length, so I'm not going to go into it in any more detail because people are probably sick of me talking about it. But no, for me, it's the number of big chances we're creating. In yesterday's game, we created loads of big chances and that, lo- that led to loads of goals. So that, for me, is the key thing. Uh, Angel says, have you ever seen the team as united as it is now? Giving Havertz the penalty. Oh, sorry. For a, for a reason, I thought you were talking about Man United. Have you ever seen the team as united as it is now? Giving Havertz the penalty was just class. The reactions to the fans, I'm just so proud. Uh, it's been United for quite a while. Um, I would say that it's another show of that unity that the, the squad has. But we, I think that Arteta has brought this group together. You know, when they did that interview between um, Arteta and Odegaard, the one word that Odegaard used to describe the team was was together in unity. So connected, I think, was the other word that was used. It's constantly being talked about. It's constantly instilled into this side that they are teammates, they're friends, they're family, and that that is what makes us so much better. Um, Andrew says, Tom, when we are winning comfortably, we shouldn't, shouldn't we also pummel teams as much as we build up goal difference? We seem to taper off when we're feeling comfortable and end up doing a kickabout. We didn't do that yesterday. We kept on pummeling them. That's why we scored late. That's why Smith Rowe had chances. That's why Jesus had a chance. And Andrew, yesterday, we pummeled Bournemouth. And we kept on peppering them. And I wanted more. And they wanted more. I think they recognise that they need to score more. Uh, Temi says, how is Saka's injury? No idea. We don't know. Uh, we'll find out more, of course. I'll hopefully be at the training ground tomorrow and I'll see if Saka is involved. Uh, Ryan says, Tom, in my opinion, I don't think XG is a good stat to determine a team's performance over 90 minutes. Did you watch the Villa-Brighton game? I think XG can be helpful when applied in the right context, but we're not talking about XG here, Ryan. We're talking about big chances created per 90. That's what we're talking about. And Arsenal's big chances created stat is not necessarily good enough at the moment. So XG, I think, is useful at certain points, 
um, in terms of different contexts, but you need to apply it correctly. And to be honest, the bigger stat for me, as I've said, is big chances created. Uh, DR says, should Howard Webb be forced to resign? He, may, he was made the guy who screwed Arsenal last year and is the head coach of the referee, the PGMOL. I mean, it's heading towards a point of untenability when you're head of a, a group of people that are consistently making mistakes. And let's be honest, the, the diversity in the group of referees, as I've talked about at length before, is not good enough. Um, the reason why diversity is a really important thing is because you bring in a wider range of people, which gives you a wider, broad range of ability and you are then able to find the best of the best of everybody, not just a small section of people. And we know who those people are. Uh, Ronald says, how much time should we give Havertz? One or two years since he's played in the Premier League before? Two years, two seasons. That's that's the rule for me. Two season rule for every single sign, you get two seasons from me. No matter if you've played in the Premier League before, no matter if you're coming from outside, you get two seasons. Uh, it's really important that I think players are given the opportunity to adapt because whether you're playing the Premier League or not, you're coming from a different environment. Chelsea to Arsenal is very different. Coming from playing under, you know, the managers that Chelsea have had, Graham Potter and Thomas Tuchel and, you know, the players that ha the, the, the managers Havertz has played under are very different to Arteta. And so he's got to come in and adapt to this new team, to this new philosophy. And even though he's playing against the Premier League oppositions like he has done, uh, you still get two seasons. So for me, two season rule for every single new player. Um, <laughs> CJ Dad says, Tom, what's the new Havertz chart? Time for a morning sing. So you know what it is. You don't need, need me to pierce your ears with my singing. That's for sure. Uh, Viraj says, hey, Tom, for us that don't get to go to stadiums as often as we'd like, do you think that we have the loudest away fans in the league? Absolutely glorious yesterday. The loudest. Crystal Palace have very good away fans. Um... Leeds did, but obviously they're not in the league anymore. I'm trying to think, uh, thinking back away fans at the Emirates who have been very loud. Um, Liverpool fans, of course, uh, are very loud as well. Um, but I, we have, without a doubt, some of the best. Um, you know, we have some of the best um, fans in the league without question. Um, and our away support has always been absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, even when the home side was suffering, the home crowd was suffering, it wasn't the loudest as it is now. The away crowd has always been a bastion of of example for people. It's been a real example um, for, for clubs about how away fans should, um, you know, the noise they should create. Uh, it's not always been perfect, and there's been controversies, which I have addressed on the channel, but certainly they are an example in terms of the noise and support that they can give to the team. Uh, Abby says, Tom, while you're at training tomorrow, can you ask Mikel not to start Eddie? Abby, I mean, that would be kind of ridiculous, don't you think, um, to do that? Plus, he's not going to, there's not a press conference at the training ground tomorrow. It's just an open training session. The press conference will be in Lons because the team will travel to France tomorrow afternoon. But yeah, I mean, no, of course I'm not going to do that <laughs> because that would be ridiculous to ask the manager that question. Um, Practica says, what if Liverpool misses out on a title by one point? What if Spurs beats us to the title by one point? Exactly. These are the types of questions that you have to ask because of yesterday's horrific VAR controversies. 
you have to ask those types of questions. And if you don't ask those types of questions, you are going to be very frustrated that you didn't. Um, Marcus, are you going to the women's game today? Uh, going my youngest and not sure the bank balance can cope if we go to the club shop. Of course, um, Jonas Eideval's side kick off their campaign this, uh, this afternoon, two o'clock against Liverpool. So you go into the game, enjoy it. I'm not going to be there today. I've got a, uh, basically what happens when I, my shifts are work one day at the weekend and you're off the other day of the weekend. So I'm off today. And trust me, when your life is completely obsessed and revolves around Arsenal, you need to take the days off you get. Believe me. Um, so I'm going to take it off and I'm going to enjoy myself today and just have a chill and uh, spend some family time. So yeah, I'm not singing it, guys. It's not happening. You can keep posting, sing it. I'm not singing it. It's not happening. Waka, waka. Uh, Amberly says Liverpool have missed out on a title by one point. Uh, before after a dodgy decision favouring City. The sad thing is it's not even you. Very, very true. John says, watch the Ryder Cup, Tom. That will be on. That is going to be... I need to catch up on yesterday's highlights because I missed uh, I missed so much of it. But I will be um, this morning watching the, the highlights and I'm out in the afternoon. So uh, I will be catching up on yesterday, uh, of which the US came back a little bit. But still, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. Matt, thank you for the donation. But I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. It's not happening. It's not going on. I'm not doing it. No, no way. If Arsenal win the league, I'll give you a full rendition of it. Yeah. So far, I feel like I've promised a fair few things if we won the league. Um, if we win the league, I'll give you a full rendition. Okay. In fact, I'll try and get loads of fans together and we'll do a joint sing-along live on, on the show. Something like that. All right. So there's your, uh, there's your thing. You can spam the chat as much as you like. I'll just end it because I'll be like, oh, we haven't got any questions, so I'm going to have to end the show. <laughs> it's going to backfire on you, Red Star. It's not going to work. Um, Lisa says, could you at least tell me how you pronounce the first line of the song? You're not going to... You can't tempt me in like that. It's not going to work. Again, I mean, you're just you're just dropping super chats now. It's saying, sing it. I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> you can pay for my lunch this afternoon. <laughs> I'm not singing it. Um, goodness me. Uh, Harvey, Tom didn't have you down as a chicken. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous now. This is silly. No. And even Justin, who's been a member for 23 months, saying sing it. Um, Alpha, who's been a member for 22 months now. The people have spoken. It's also, it's a solo required for the name. Uh, sing or we unsubscribe, says Matt. <laughs> Cold remarks says, greetings, Tom's. I love the show. Question, sing it. No, he's, he's not said sing it. Uh, question, do you think Spurs were guilty of over-celebrating yesterday? If that was us, that's what would be said. What do you say to that? Great show as always. Uh, no, they didn't over-celebrate, Mark. They've won a game against Liverpool at home. Never an easy feat. They scored in the last minute. I'd be going mad. I'd be losing my head. I really can't stand it, you know, the whole over-celebration thing. I've been guilty of it sometimes, of falling into the trap of thinking that people are over-celebrating, and I've been guilty of saying it. So there is a bit of hypocrisy, I'm sure, but no. Uh, you can't be guilty of over-celebrating. No matter how much I hate that lot down the road, if that was us, I would have celebrated it like crazy. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rowan, what about humming it? <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, Maya, I don't know the chart. What is the song? You can look it up. There's a good video. That, uh, there's a few, a few videos on social media that you can find uh, online. So make sure you go and check it out. Um, Vera says, I'm still campaigning for you to wear the away jersey and do a... Oh, that was it. Yes. I said, if we won the league, I would buy the away kit, which is the only way I'm going to buy it. So <laughs> if we win the league, I'll buy the away kit 
And in the away kit, I will sing the Kai Havertz song if we win the league. That That is... We'll keep adding to this. If Arsenal win the league, Tom has to do this. Tom has to do this. I'm some kind of performing circus act. But uh, there you go. That's an agreement. I will shake your hand. Uh, I will buy the away kit and sing the Kai Havertz song if, indeed, we win the league. So there you go. There, you've got it. <laughs> Clip it. Exactly. Clip it. Um, bless us. I love how you analyse things, Tom. How will you line up Partey, Rice and Odegaard in the midfield if available against Man City. I'd probably play all of them together. The question mark I have, Bless, is obviously we don't know whether or not Power A is going to be fully fit. Do you risk him? Is he going to be fully fit to train on Monday? Will he be in the team for the Lawns game? I'd only start Partey if he can play some part of the game against Lawns. I think that's important. Otherwise, I think we will start Havertz. I think Havertz is probably going to be the right pick as well. And yes, I will put Havertz on the back of the away shirt as well if we win the league. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. Um, Rob says, what are your thoughts on the late Saka and Jesus subs? Rob, I did talk about that. If you go back to the first part of the show, I've already discussed the late substitutions in quite a bit of detail. So I go back and listen to that. Uh, Finley says, do you think we will win the league? We know we can. We can. Never say never. But I, I don't think we will because I think City are too good. But I think that we can. Matt says, what happens if we win the Champions League? Well, we're going to have to come up with something completely different for that, mate. It can't be too bad because I want to win these things. I don't want to be sitting here thinking, oh, I, you know, I kind of don't really want us to win because I'm going to have to do something silly. <laughs> so you got to, it's got to be you know, fair. It's got to be fair. It's not even like a forfeit, as if I get a forfeit for us winning the league. It's, really, it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, thank you so much, guys, uh, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Um, I will be back tomorrow morning at 8am to bring you the latest Arsenal news in the last 24 hours. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a podcast this evening, um, but certainly I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning to talk about more. We'll be tackling more of your questions. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. Drop a like. I mean, this show has been great. I really enjoyed it. So drop a like on it. And uh, yeah, enjoy yourselves. Have a fantastic Sunday. Relax, chill, watch Fulham beat Chelsea. And as always, up the Arsenal. Kai Havertz scores again. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.